0: Book Twelve Chapters Five and Six of the Rise of David Levinsky. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Rise of David Levinsky by Abraham Cayenne. Book Twelve Miss Tevkin. Chapter Five the next morning i awoke utterly out of sorts that i was going to take the first train for tannersville seemed to be a matter of course and yet i knew that i was not going to take that train nor any other that day i dressed myself and went out for a walk up the road some distance beyond the grove the sun was out but it had rained all night and the sandy road was damp solid and smooth like baked clay. It was half an hour before breakfast time when I returned to my cottage across the road from the hotel. As I was about to take a chair on the tiny porch, I perceived the sunlit figure of Miss Tevkin in the distance. She wore a large sailor hat, and I thought it greatly enhanced the effect of her tall figure. She was making her way over a shaky little bridge, then reaching the road she turned into it i remained standing like one transfixed the distance gave her new fascination every little while she would pause to look up through something that glittered in the sunshine apparently an opera-glass i had never heard that opera-glasses were used for observing birds but this was evidently what she was doing at this moment and the proceeding quickened my sense not only of her intellectual refinement but also of her social distinction presently she turned into a byway passed the grove and was lost to view i seated myself my eye on the spot where i had seen her disappear somebody greeted me from the hotel lawn i returned the salutation mechanically and went on gazing at that spot i knew that i was making a fool of myself but i could not help it my will-power was gone as it might from the effect of some drug when she reappeared at last and i saw her coming back i crossed over to the hotel veranda so as to be near her when she should arrive i found several of the boarders there including the lawyer the photographer and a jewelry merchant of my acquaintance we all watched her coming at one moment as she leveled her opera glass at a bird the lawyer said studying birds she's a great girl for studying she is studying nothing the photographer jeered it's simply becoming to her it's effective don't you know the lawyer smiled sagely as if what mendelssohn said was precisely what he himself had meant to intimate i was inclined to think that mendelssohn was right but this did not detract from the force that drew me to miss Tevkin. when she reached the veranda the lawyer gallantly offered her a chair but she declined it pleasantly and went indoors her high heels had left deep deer-cut imprints in a small patch of damp sandy ground near the veranda this physical trace of her person fascinated me it was a trace of stern hostility yet i could not keep my eye away from it i gazed and gazed at those footprints of hers till i seemed to be growing stupid and dizzy am i losing my head i said to myself am i obsessed why i saw her yesterday for the first time and i have scarcely spoken to her what the devil is the matter with me after breakfast we returned to the veranda the jewelry dealer and the lawyer bored me unmercifully finally i was saved from them by the arrival of the sunday papers but my reading was soon disturbed by the intrusions of a mother and her marriageable daughter there was no escape i had to lay down my paper and let them torture me there was a striking family resemblance between the two yet the daughter was as homely as the mother was pretty she isn't as prepossessing as her ma of course the older woman seemed to be saying to me but she's charming all the same isn't she miss lazar was watching me at a respectful distance mrs Couch was deep in a game of pinochle in a small ground-floor room that gave out on the veranda the window was open and i could hear mrs Kalch's voice she seemed to have been losing the little room by the way was used both as a synagogue and a gambling-room in the mornings before breakfast it was filled with old men in praying shawls and phylacteries while the rest of the day until late at night it was in the possession of card players i wanted to wire bender to send a message to fanny in my name stating that i had been unavoidably detained in the city but i lacked the energy to do so i had not even the energy to extricate myself from the attentions of the pretty mother of the homely girl that charity meeting bothered me more than anything else one was apt to impute my absence to meanness i pictured kaplan's disappointment and i felt like going to tannersville for his sake if for no other reason the next best thing would have been to have bender wire my contribution to each of the two funds but i did not stir the hotel-keeper came out to remind me of my train thank you I said with a smile. But the weather is too confoundedly good. I'm too lazy to leave your place, Rivesman. You must have ordered this weather on purpose to detain me. I was hoping, of course, that my presence in this hotel would be unknown to the Kaplan's for some time at least. Soon, however, something happened which made it inevitable that they should hear of it that very evening. On Sundays the jewish summer hotels are usually visited by committees of various philanthropic institutions who go from place to place making speeches and collecting donations one such committee appeared in the dining-room of the Kalm at the dinner hour which on sundays was between one and three it represented a day nursery an establishment where the children of the east side poor are taken care of while their mothers are at work and it consisted of two men one of whom was an eloquent young rabbi as the ecclesiastic took his stand near the piano and began his appeal my heart sank within me i had once met him at kaplan's house where he was a frequent visitor and had given him a check it goes without saying that i had to give him a contribution now and to talk to him at this i learned to my consternation that he was going to tannersville that very afternoon shall i convey your regards he asked very kind of you i answered and i added in an undertone out of mrs colch's hearing please tell mr Kaplan i'm here on an important matter and that i have been detained longer than i expected when he had gone over to the next table i said to myself i don't care come what may in the evening as the crowd swarmed out of the dining-room it was greeted by a gorgeous sunset everybody appreciated its beauty but miss tevkin and miss siegel went into ecstasies over it with something of the specialist in their exclamations. As for me, it was the first rich sunset I had seen since I crossed the ocean, and then I had scarcely known what it was. The play of color and light in the sky was a revelation to me. The edge of the sun, a vivid red, was peeping out of a gray patch of cloud that looked like a sack the sack hanging with its mouth downward and the red disc slowly emerging from it spread directly underneath was a pool of molten gold into which the sun was seemingly about to drop as the disc continued to glide out of the bag it gradually grew into a huge fiery ball of magnificent crimson suffusing the valley with divine light at the moment when it was just going to plunge into the golden pool the pool vanished the crimson ball kept sinking until it was buried in a region of darkness when the last fiery speck of it disappeared the sky broke into an even song of color so solemn so pensive that my wretched mood interpreted it as a visible dirge for the dead sun rose lapsed into purple purple merged into blue the blue bordering on a field of hammered gold that was changing shape and hue all of which was eloquent of sadness it seemed as though the heavens were in an ecstasy of grief and everybody about me were about to break into tears some of the old women gasped how nice isn't it lovely said several girls isn't that glorious said miss tevkin it's one of the most exquisite sunsets i have seen in a long time and she referred to certain effects apparently in the work of a well-known landscape painter which i did not understand i discovered a note of consciousness in her rapture something like a patronizing approval of the sky by one who looked at it with a professional eye nevertheless i felt that my poor soul was cringing before her an epigram occurred to me something about the discrepancy between the spiritual quality of the sunset and the after-supper satisfaction of the onlookers i essayed to express it but was so embarrassed that i made a muddle of my english miss tevkin took no notice of the remark the sunset was transformed into a thousand lumps of pearl here and there edged with flame in some places the pearl thinned away dissolving into the color of the sky while the outline of the lump remained a map of glowing tracery on a ground of the subtlest blue drifts of gold were gleaming blazing going out a vast heap of silver caught fire the outlined map disappeared its place being taken by a raised one with continents islands mountains and seas of ravishing azure what was the power behind this sublime spectacle where did it come from what did it all mean i visioned a chorus of angels my heart was full of god Full of that stately girl, full of misery. If I only got a chance to have a decent talk with her, I said to myself again and again. End of chapter five, chapter six. It was Monday afternoon. The weekend boarders and many others had left, and I was still idling my precious time away on the big veranda listening to the gossip of women who bored me and trying to keep track of a girl who shunned me my establishment in new york was feverishly busy and my presence was urgently needed there it was more than probable that bender had wired to tannersville to call me home the situation was extremely awkward moreover i was beginning to feel uneasy about certain payments that required my personal attendance it was a quiet pleasant afternoon the boarders were scattered over the various parts of the hotel and its surroundings twenty-four of them forming two coach parties had gone to see some celebrated catskill views one to the old mountain-house and the other to east windham some were in the village miss tevkin wearing her immense straw hat and with her opera-glass in her hand was looking at birds in the vicinity of the hotel thus rambling about leisurely she sauntered over to the main road near the grove a few minutes later she turned into the same path where i had watched her disappear on the morning of the day before and once more i saw her vanish there i went out for a walk in the opposite direction soon however i turned back strolling with studied aimiousness towards that spot what was my purpose at first i did not know but by little and little as i moved along an idea took shape in my brain if i met her alone i might force her to listen to me and let her see the stuff i was made of i lacked courage however while i was priming myself for the coup i wished that it would be postponed i dawdled there were swarms of strange insects on the road creatures i had never seen before at first i thought they were grasshoppers but they were gray and had wings every now and then i would pause to watch them leap or were they flying and drop to the ground again becoming part of the dusty road i followed them with genuine interest yet all the time i kept working on the speech that i was going to deliver to miss tevkin i was lingering at a spot a few yards from the grove on the opposite side of the main road when suddenly twilight fell over half of the valley i raised my eyes behold an inky cloud was crawling over the mountains growing in size as it advanced a flash of lightning snapped across the heavens it was as though the sky screened a world of dazzling glory into which a glimpse had now been offered by a momentary crack in the screen the flash was followed by a devout peal of thunder as if a giant whose abode was in those dark clouds broke into a murmur of glorification at sight of the splendors above the sky the trees shuddered awe-stricken i went under cover a farmer was chasing a cow as my eyes turned toward the grove they fell on miss tevkin who was standing at the farther end of it under its leafy roof facing the main road my heart beat fast i dared not stir a shower broke loose a great torrential downpour it came in sheets with an impetuous though genial clatter it seemed as though the valley was swiftly filling with water and in less than an hour's time it would reach the tops of the trees i thought of noah's flood i could almost see his dove winging her way over the waters the storm had been in progress but seven or eight minutes when it came to an end the sky broke into a smile again as if it had all been a joke miss tevkin left the shelter of the trees and set out in the direction of the hotel i do not know whether she was aware of my proximity it was clearing beautifully when a new cloud gathered this time a great stern force violent vengeful came into play a lash of fire smote the firmament with frantic suddenness shattering it into a myriad of blinding sparks yet leaving it uninjured there was a pause and then came a ferocious crash the universe was falling to pieces then somebody seemed to be tearing an inner heaven of metal as one tears a sheet of linen this released a torrent that descended with the roar of niagara as though the metal vault that had just been rent asunder had been its prison miss tevkin ran back to cover the torrent slackened settling down to a steady rain spirited zealous amicable again in a turmoil of agitation i crossed over to her instead however of beginning at the beginning of my well-prepared little speech i blurted out something else you can't run away from me now i said with timid flippancy please leave me alone she besought turning away i was literally stunned instead of trying to say what i had in my mind and to force her to listen i slunk away in the rain like a beaten dog the shock seemed to have a sobering effect on me i suddenly realized the imbecility of the part i had been playing even the humor of it the first thing i did upon reaching the hotel was to ask the clerk about the next train not to tannersville but direct to new york going to see fanny was out of the question now there was a late train connecting with a hudson river boat and i took it End of chapter six